from the land of the free and the Welcome home back to Locked On Chiefs. I uh, hope you had a nice Labor Day podcast. Ed, it is game week. I am here. Uh, I'm Ryan, the founder of Rogue Analytics for all you new folks, as well as the host over at RGR Football. And I'm here with one of my co-hosts, the guy that you know from The Athletic, I think is where he writes. Seth Kaiser is with me. How are you, pal? Uh, that, that is The Athletic, capital T, capital A. <laughs> Uh, the, the athletic, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's a, it's a soft TH, not a, you know, I can't spell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing very, very well, man. How, how's, how's labor, how'd Labor Day weekend treat you? Oh, it's been a challenge. Uh, been working on house mechanical stuff, water heaters and whatnot. So it's, it's fun. Wow. That sounds like fun. <laughs> you know what else no, is fun? It sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sucks. Well, you know what else also sucks? Roster cuts. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's fun and it's like, see, yeah. no matter what you said, I had a segue. Well done. See, you're like professional radio guy. Now. I'm I'm learning. I'm getting there. One of these days, I will dethrone <laughs> you. I mean, one of these days, I will be a good partner for the lockdown. Anyway, roster cuts. What do you think, buddy? <laughs> folks, folks, don't forget Team Ryan or Team Seth. Oh, hashtag. Hashtag. <laughs> We're going to keep that rolling. <laughs> I, I think I'm crushing you. But, you know, whatever. Actually, I have no idea. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I, in my own imaginary tallying, I am up at least 200 to 2, give or take. Oh, I like it. Yeah. You just keep them in. I let my two-year-old do the counting, so. <clears throat> hey, nice. <laughs> Cuts. I mean, folks, we're going to split this. This is what we're going to do because I can't, I can't go there just yet. We'll talk about the defense after the break. But here's a good place to start. The Chiefs are carrying 10 offensive linemen. Does that surprise you? You know, it does surprise me to an extent. That seems like a lot. I I don't – and again, I, I don't they, – they kept nine last year, so, you know, one more, whatever. I would imagine part of it is that they're keeping Khalil McKenzie. And I don't know if they view him as playable at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Right. Good for him, but he's not there. Yeah, and that's—I mean—it's awesome for him that he made it. I think that was strictly a—you're—you're you're not you're—you're you're too good to be on the practice squad because someone will grab you because you're a great developmental prospect. But we can't play you, so maybe they have to keep an extra lineman to account for the fact that they really don't want their developmental guy on the field right away. Yeah, I think that's what it is too, and and. With his pedigree, and and honestly, even with the threes, I thought he showed a couple of things physically that he's able to do that <clears throat> set him apart and, and set him yeah. up for learning how to play. I mean, he's got good anchor. I, I was really impressed with how he handled bull rushes. He's got yeah. bend that he can recover from. Yep. Great pad yeah. level. Great yeah. pad level. No idea what to do with his hands. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's technique, and that will come. You know, after playing defensive line for, what, three, four years? I can't remember how long he was at Tennessee. But... Yeah, it's it's been a while. <laughs> it's a and change. So, and, but, I mean, good for him. I mean, I didn't expect him to make the roster. The fact that they are keeping him on the roster tells me they don't believe he'd last on the practice squad, which, based on what I saw, like you said, there's some natural gifts there. He's got good pad level, good leverage, good strength. And those things, he moves pretty well. He's got some good phone booth quickness. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know, but outside the phone booth, he's no, uh, he's no Mitch Morse. But yeah. in the phone booth, he can move a little bit. And that, those are things, man, if you can get that natural talent and that natural strength and anchor that you talked about, there are things you can teach and things you can't. That ability to just, 
you know, put your feet in cement and yep. just go nowhere, that's a big, big deal at the guard position. Yeah. I mean, and that's what it comes into when you're looking at draft picks too. The physical ability is what you base things on for a, for a developmental guy like that because you, you have to coach him up on the rest. Right. And, you know, I think that's a good sign. But still, 10, I was, I was with it when they were 9. They add Ike, and I'm going to screw his name up all kinds of different ways. It's, I it's, like Ike. Boatger. I, I'm going with Boatger. Folks, it sounds like it's German, so um, tell me when I'm wrong. Um, but they, they moved Parker Einger. Um, I talked about him a lot. I still think he has a ton of potential. I think he has a chance to do something good in Dallas, but clearly they were not ready for him to be here, and they needed corner support. So yes. they went and backed it up by bringing an Ike off of a waiver claim. Yep. But you're still looking at nine guys. Jordan Devy's still on this roster. Yep. We know Wiley was going to be a, a primary backup, so that makes sense. Yep. You have Cam Irving starting at left guard, but now you have you have Boker, you have Devi, uh, you still have Brian Witzman. Uh, as the season goes on, and you have to bring Demetrius Harris back, I'm guessing that the cut comes from this group. I could see that they normally carry three tight ends, and so you know they're talking about a corresponding roster move because Alex Ellis, that was a mild surprise to me, was the the second tight end. That's mm. on the roster currently. When they bring back, not a Harris, surprise to me. Yeah, did you say not a surprise or a surprise? No, not a surprise. I had him making it over Amaro, um, and I think Special. I think athletically he can do some of the wiggle things that uh, Kelsey can do in the open field. Wow! So you think Alex Ellis is as good as Travis Kelsey? That's uh... easy now. Yeah. Easy now. <laughs> oh, sorry, I went full Briscoe on you there. Right, right. <laughs> Let me take that nugget and run. Yeah, there's a good there's a good tagline here. Seth went full Briscoe. Anyway, uh, we love you, Josh. Anyway, I, I do like what Alex Ellis brings. I, I Amaro just man for all the talent he showed coming out, it just never it just never came together Didn't click. for him. And I do man. like Alex Ellis does look like he's got some athleticism. Um, he's a big dude, so I assume he ought to be able to block a little bit. Uh, now again, I don't know how much the third tight end is going to do. Once Harris is back, because boy, they love them some Demetrius Harris. Yeah, man. And as long as you make it like, you know, like a level 10 difficulty level, like at the Olympics, I think Harris will probably perform pretty well. But if you want him to catch routine passes, they're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. They really ought to start telling Mahomes to just fire the ball three feet above his head as hard as he can. Because <laughs> I think Harris will catch that. Yeah. I think he's reflexively a good enough athlete to do that. But when he's got to think, he just, it's not great. I, but it's you know that so that's I do think that's where the the cut could come from. I'm really curious what they do if a tackle goes down. Like, I think it's it, wild. like let's say let's say they cut Witzman, mm -hmm. and so then you put Wiley out there. I, I think they do. They practiced yeah. him with the twos at tackle. Yeah, um, you know I think I think he can play both sides. I don't know. He seems like like he's the guy they've been looking for. The like quote unquote versatile guy that can play four yep. spots. That swing tackle. Man. And that's – I like that better than moving Irving to tackle and then moving someone in at guard. I agree. Because I don't, I don't like Irving at tackle. No. In fact, I hate Irving at tackle. It makes me sad and yeah. angry and confused. Well, <laughs> we're teenage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It makes me feel like I'm 16 again. You know, I want to go listen to, you know, some really – you know, some dashboard confessional or some other really sad music. Aww. Just – <laughs> and just sit there in my feelings. Uh, true story. When I road trip with my dad to Kansas City once, when I was like seventeen, 
Um, I was driving and he was sleeping and I was listening to music. I know this is a personal anecdote and I'm going to apologize to everyone. But I'm starting, <laughs> so he was sleeping. So I started listening to a bunch of dashboard confessional. And after like eight songs, my dad, without opening his eyes, goes, are you depressed or something, son? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Limited doses of that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, but it's just, that's one of my, that, yeah, that, that, yeah, that describes my mood when I think about Cam Irving playing tackle. Yeah. Right. Well, at the special positions on offense, uh, I was a little bit surprised at the way it came down at wide receiver. Obviously, the top four of the top four, we were pretty solid on that. And I think the rotation just kind of gave itself away there in weeks three and four that uh, that Kemp was getting a lot of reps with the twos. They clearly liked him, and he brings some special teams ability. Yep, and he's I mean, he's a tall, lanky dude. He snatches the ball out of the air a little mm-hmm. bit. He seems like there's some skill there. Oh, also, everyone, can we stop with the Chris Conley is going to be surpassed and cut? Right. I, I get it. Demarcus Robinson has more physical talent, but Conley is going to play a ton of snaps this year. It's going to happen. Yeah, and honestly, he's more dependable. It's, that's the bottom line. Yeah, he looked he looked he looked dependable in that in that third week preseason game. Mm-hmm. He he's a dependable guy who will be exactly where he's supposed to be. And I've been saying it for a while. I I think Chris Conley's game is dependent on the quarterback, and I think this quarterback gets him the ball more, and I think he can be more of an asset to this offense. Yeah, I think so too. But on the on the flip end, on the bottom of it, I mean, that made a, a remarkable recovery from that injury. And I just, because of Tremont Smith's emergence as a, as a returner, I really didn't think that was going to make this roster. And that, did that surprise you or am I alone? It does surprise me. Um, he, he's a tough guy that they've always liked, not just both as a gunner and as a returner. But Tremont Smith is going to be the returner besides Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's just how it's going to be. And he looks better at it than Dat. He looks like he's got more long speed. Uh, I think he looks like he's got a natural talent for it. Um, the one thing I will say is they run some really specific stuff for Tyreek Hill on offense. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming they're going to keep doing that, a lot of this jet sweep action and stuff. And I think if you take Tyreek Hill off the field, I think the only other receiver on the roster who can really do that stuff effectively, it used to be Albert Wilson. Mm-hmm. Now I think it's DeAnthony Thomas. And so I think cool. that might be the reason they do. They have a lot of, I mean, you were at training camp. They were working on a lot of variations of the jet sweep action. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you can use Sammy Watkins for that. I mean, maybe you can, he's a great athlete, but I think Thomas is a guy who's experienced with that kind of thing. I agree with you, and I think that leads into another topic um, because, like you said, being able to replace and not have to strip down your playbook is important. And I have a feeling that that's why Chase Litton got back on this practice squad. But in the process, I think this team <laughs> took a little bit of a circuitous route and kind of led a couple of us astray, including myself and Matt McGloin. Yeah. Uh, but- yeah, that was – that was rough. You know, I mean, here, here's the thing, and you tell me what you think. Brett Veach said in his conference call after initial cuts is they, they ended up keeping McGloin because they wanted to keep the quarterback room with two guys that can help prepare Patrick Mahomes each week. Uh, two veteran fair. eyes. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Um, and, the, and very adamant that that's what we ended up doing. Chase Litton clears waivers. They bring him right back to the practice squad, and literally within the hour, Matt McGloin is cut. Yeah. Okay, that's not really why you did it. You didn't think you were going to get Chase Litton back, and you got lucky, and you did. Yep. 
it'll be interesting. I'm assuming what happens if Litton gets grabbed off the practice squad, which you know, I don't share people's fear about practice squad players most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. Hello, McKenzie is a bit of an exception to me because he's a name that other GMs might know a little more because of his unique situation, not even just because of his necessarily ability, mm-hmm. but because he's such a, a project and stuff. I could see him getting snatched, maybe. But, you know, people were, oh, Chase Litton's, yeah, oh, you can't put Arian Springs on the practice squad. You know, good Lord. The wailing that I heard on Chiefs Twitter, and I'm sorry, guys, I, you know, when Arian Springs didn't make the cut, I swear it was as though they'd said they'd cut, you know, I don't know, Chris Jones or something. Yeah, it's a little ridiculous. Yeah, he's a good developmental player. I'm glad they got yeah, him back I mean, in the practice squad. He looked fine against third stringer. Like, he didn't look bad. He stood right. out a little bit. But it's not like he was out there dominating. And, and I think he'll do well. I think he's got some versatility. I think it'd be interesting to try him out at safety. Yeah. Um, but I, I just don't have the same fear. Oh, no, someone's going to claim off waivers. We're not going to get him. This happens, uh, as a good buddy of mine, Charlie, pointed out, this happens every year. We think that our back-end guys are like so well-known around the league, and they're just not. Yeah. You, you don't stand out on film against at least twos. Nobody's picking you up. It's just the way it works. Yep. It is. And that's with Chase Litton. I think he definitely shows some developmental traits. He's got a cannon, obviously. But I, I was never really afraid they wouldn't be able to bring him back. Clearly, Veach was, though. I agree with you that that was the move. And it does kind of suck for McGloin that he got kind of caught up in the uh, the PR side yeah. of things. You know, as they, And that, that's a bummer. I, I, to me, you could have at least waited to issue a statement regarding why you kept McGloin until you knew whether or not you were bringing Litton back. And I think that's kind of a rookie GM move there. Well, I, I think um, when you have a, a press conference scheduled, you, there's no way you're not going to talk about the quarterback. I can't even really blame Beach for that. Right. He didn't have much of a choice. I would have just said, hey, that's what we thought was best today, especially knowing that if he comes back, you're going to make a move tomorrow. Well, yeah, just say, ah, you know, we didn't really think about that. We'll, we'll <laughs> we come back to it in a few days. Uh, yeah. yeah, we skipped it. That would make a lot of headlines. Yeah, that would right. be fun. <laughs> well, folks, that's offense. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about the defense because, you know, we can't ever shut up anyway. You know, since the very first day we started this podcast, people have been asking us for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on each week. And the truth is, we don't know any better than you do. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, Who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why we always send people over to my bookie. Trust us. They are the best in the business. They've been in business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. We would only recommend a service to our listeners that's been good to us. That's why we're urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate your offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim your bonus. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, the defensive side of the ball. As I like to call it, Ryan's beam. That's <laughs> <laughs> so. Did you see anything that was that, that that really stands out to you in term of in terms of who made the roster, who didn't? Obviously, the the quote unquote big move that I think surprised more people than maybe it should have 
was them bringing back Ron Parker and then McQuay getting sent to the practice squad. Yeah. Um, and we need to talk about Parker a little more in depth here, but honestly, the thing that stood out to me, and I've had time to reflect on this, I still think it was a mistake, but clearly in keeping Terrence Smith at inside linebacker, you're keeping him for a special team ability because he does not belong on the field on defense, period. No, he doesn't. No, he has no idea how to play zone coverage. He has no idea how to how to read his run fits, right. And attack them. And it's a liability. It, I mean, just we'll leave it at that. But my mistake was is I assumed that Ben Neiman, due to his status and being an undrafted guy and being a guy who started playing with the thirds at the beginning of the preseason, I assumed he was competing with Terrence Smith. Turns out he yep. was not. He was competing with Kimi Ligue. Because they wanted yep. Smith for special teams regardless, and it was really that competition. And because Kimi Oligwe is a guy that they have film on, they've had him for a couple of years, they know how he practices, it was really between the two of them. And honestly, yep. when I take it to that level, it makes a little bit more sense because I think Neiman is more of a guy that can step in and play the run like they want to. And whether you agree with it or not, Brett Veach's goal is to be better against the run. Right. I personally think Neiman's a better, at least as far as I've seen so far, I think he's a better pass defender than Aligwe as well. Mm. Uh, I saw him, I mean, now he wasn't perfect, and I'm not talking about, you know, the interception. Uh, that was, sure, I mean, sure, luck. he was in the right spot in his zone, but I mean, that was mostly luck. I yeah. didn't tip to him. However, if you watch, and I wrote an article on Neiman, you can find on The Athletic. Oh, by the way, um, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but there's a there's a 40% discount off right now. Bam. So if you, yeah, I mean, so it, I mean, it ends up costing you like 30 bucks for a year subscription, maybe like 25. I don't remember what it is. So go, go sign up for the athletic and you'll be able to find the article I wrote on Ben Neiman, where I wrote about not only did he play really well against the run, he did play really well against the run. Like he looked borderline starting caliber against the run to me. And the only reason I say, the only reason I say borderline is because he was playing, you know, not starters. Yeah. Lower level great. of competition. But that, I think right. that's the key though, is it, you have two guys, you're starting inside linebackers that you're relying on to run this defense and to stop the run in particular, and they've both been hurt all preseason. Yep. So who's more yeah. likely to be able to not see as much of a dramatic drop-off if one of them is unable to play in the regular season? And Ben Neiman makes sense there. I, it absolutely does. And he also, again, and I didn't get into it too much, but he, he showed proper depth in his zones. He showed the ability to know where he's supposed to be and get into passing lanes. I think he is a guy who just gets how to play football. And Oligwe, I think, is a better athlete because Oligwe is a great mm-hmm. athlete. Uh, and Neiman is what I'd call an average athlete. It was really going around people like, oh, you know, he's not really a great athlete. And I'm pretty sure that's because he's white. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate to say it that way, but, I mean, I had people tell, oh, yeah, he's a subpar athlete, but his recognition makes up for it. And you look at his, his pro day numbers, it's like, he's basically Anthony Hitchens um, yeah. athletically. Yeah. So, I mean, he's fine athletically, but he just – he seems to have a good understanding of where he's supposed to go. And so I like – I love that they I love that they kept Neiman. It surprised me, Smith over Oligwe. But one thing I – and this is like a PSA announcement. A PSA announcement. A public service announcement announcement, apparently. We don't know who's good on special teams. We don't. I mean, at least I don't. I mean, I try, you know, but – this idea of people like, oh, he's a standout special teams player. I don't know anyone who breaks down special teams film. Right. And honestly, there's no one that, that makes any kind of decision that's going to know anything unless they've played for Dave Tobe in the past, period. Correct. And and that's 
you know, when people were talking about, oh, Ligway's a better special teams player, I kind of, you know, I had someone, you know, there was the whole, like, Ligway apparently took a knee at some point, and so people were saying that was why. I'm sorry, and, just, and the reason that the, a couple people said this to me, and apparently there was an article about, I don't know, I, I, I don't, that kind of thing to me, it just is irritating because he was a fringe roster player that got cut. This happens. Yeah. And the idea that he was some kind of standout special teams player, you know, you ask him, okay, can you name one play he made on special teams? Uh, I, uh. <laughs> well, and that's the deal. They chose to keep Smith. You know that wasn't about the inside linebacker position, which, to be fair, they both played pretty bad this preseason. They were both bad. They both looked unplayable, in my opinion, with, with regards to inside linebacker. Yeah, I, th- I thought you could get away out of the two of them. I thought you could get away with uh, a league way. He, he tries to do what Derek used to do and duck blocks, and that, I have a problem with that. But here's yeah. the thing. Of the three of them, I think the strongest combination for this roster on defense, because I don't care about special teams. Sorry, I'm trying to make this defense better. <laughs> to me, the best combination of backups would have been Neiman and Oligwe. I agree with that, backups-wise. I think once they get – I think whether it was uh, – I don't think – you know, you phrase it as Neiman competing with Oligwe. I feel more like it was Neiman, I think, made it to that third linebacker spot. And then mm. it becomes Smith versus Oligwe. And I think whether we like it or not, once you get to those fourth or fifth spots for the Chiefs, they are more special teams dominant than other teams. Um, That's what happens when your assistant head coach is the best special special teams teams coach in the league. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And eventually, folks, they're going to lose, Dave. It's going to happen. Yeah. I don't know when, but, you know, in the meantime, that's what you can depend on. So That's why Anthony Sherman makes the roster year after year. Thank the Lord. <laughs> and so, so the other big thing that, I mean, there weren't really a ton of surprises. Uh, they cut McGill and, you know, that was kind of a bummer to me. Me maybe could have, uh, could have done something, but uh, the, so the whole the safety situation. So let, let me take your temperature. What do you think about bringing Ron Park back and Quay going to the uh, practice squad? Oh, quick side note before we even start that. With how Naughty's looked in the preseason, I'm a little surprised with with Justin Hamilton kind of looking like he could be functional too and Jarvis Jenkins being okay backup. I'm still a little surprised they kept Alan Bailey, and that tells me that they're probably not looking to do anything aggressive here with free agency or the secondary. But anyway, do you agree yeah. with that? I Not necessarily. I think Jenkins is a solid backup. I am not sold on Hamilton right. at all. Um, and you want at least five you guys. Know, I, I think they yeah. could have run with five. Yeah, I think they right. could have gone. And so five. no, that that completely makes sense. And I know they like Bailey. Bailey struggled a little bit last year, but I'm much more comfortable with Williams, Naughty, Jones, Bailey, Jenkins, Hamilton, based on what I've seen so far than I was mm-hmm. with last year's line. Now, to be fair, last year's line looked okay in the preseason too. So we'll see what happens. Um, True, but I think Naughty in particular sparked a lot more than we've seen any young guy in a long time. Absolutely, in that I really like. I really like what we're seeing from Nadi, and I think he sees the field sooner rather than later, and he should. I think on some of those, you know, four two five uh, setups that they have, I think Nadi. I don't think he's much of a pass rusher at all, but I think if you have him and Chris Jones next to each other, or even him and Xavier Williams next to each other, you could do a four two five without sacrificing your run defense because those two are so stout. Um. I agree. And I'll tell you this too, both Xavier Williams and Derek Naughty, they can line up shaded and they can demand double teams in the four man front. They can. They're just they're they're too yeah. strong 
to be just held there. And that's that's a really great thing to have. And with Nadi, we'll see how it progresses as he goes along. He sounds like a worker. Uh, my, my guy at The Athletic, uh, my fellow Chiefs cover guy, Nate Taylor, wrote a really in-depth piece about Nadi and his background and his history, where he comes from. And, and no one's going to outwork that. Dude. Yeah. Um, so, Corners, um, do you know any gospel songs, Ryan? No. I apologize. No? There is a wonderful gospel song that sprang to mind for me. On Saturday, while I was at the zoo with my children, would you like to hear it? Oh, sure. Gone at last. Gone at last. David Emerson's gone at last. I have fun. Okay. Anyway. Oh man. That's that's that that's for the evangelical. Crowd I'm, I'm going to need a Baptist choir behind you next time, buddy. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not much of a singer. And now that we've lost like half of our listenership, but yeah, David Emerson gone. What's your thoughts? Um, about time i'm sorry <laughs> i love how we follow up the gospel singing with like a swear word <laughs> oh goodness i'm gonna have anyway, to bleep that too Damn. yeah oh that would be perfect about time because then people will wonder what the word was anyway so amerson i mean he played his way off the roster right yeah. i mean they, they yeah. couldn't he was unplayable you could not play him not in what the chiefs want to do and, and i know we talked about this ad nauseum i said it from day one he is not a man corner he may have been when he was younger. He cannot do that anymore. If you're yep. a zone team, I mean, Carolina, uh, the Redskins, there are teams that should look at him because he can play zone. I personally think he should move to safety at this point, but that's me. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't try that. If they were at the point of cutting him, why not try? Because it's not like he doesn't have any physical talent, and he's right. pretty. He's kind of rangy. He's got some ball skills. So why not try him out at safety? He doesn't feel, seem afraid of contact. Mm-hmm. Um so that, that surprises me a little bit. Teams don't do that nearly as often as they should, in my opinion. I kind of thought with the success the Rams had with Joyner this last year and how mm-hmm. great of a safety he managed to become after being kind of a mediocre slot corner, I thought you'd see more teams give that a shot. But yeah. I guess it is what it is. Uh, so now what we're looking at – man, we're going to go way over, but we're going we're gonna to power through quickly. Now that we're looking at a group of starting Kendall Fuller – Steven Nelson, those are your one and two. And then Skandrick is going to come in and I assume play the boundary on nickel sets. Are you, I would think so. Are you more comfortable with that than you would have been with Fuller, Nelson, Amerson? Yes, 100 times. And folks gave me a lot of static. And folks even give me a lot of static this whole precinct, by the way. We're going to talk about another topic in a minute. <laughs> but, yes, Skandrick struggled last year. Worst year of his career statistically. But I am going to say that his veteran presence is still an upgrade over anybody on this roster except Kendall Fuller at his position. And I'm going to include Steven Nelson there. I like what Steven Nelson does. But Skandrick has seen more, done more, in more defenses against more of these quarterbacks than than Nelson has. Yep. And they're similar players. Um, Yeah. Neither of them has great long speed, but they've got okay long speed. Like, they're not like, you know, turtles out there. Um, they both like to play a little bit grabby, a little bit physical. They're annoying. Neither of them's afraid of contact. Yeah. Yep. They're smaller guys. They're physical. That, and that's what this team needs. They need man corners, and that's what Emerson isn't. Yes, and Skander can do that. Now, he played a lot of zone in Dallas, but he looks comfortable in man as well. He looks real comfortable mm-hmm. pressing. And, yeah, he, he, got, he got got bad on a double move in that third preseason game. Uh, beyond that, I thought he played well, and I, I wrote about that a little bit. Overall, he looked decent to me. So 
I'm, we're, so we're more comfortable with the corner group. Fuller, Skandrick, Nelson. That's not necessarily a corner group that I'm going to go to the wall for, but I think Fuller is going to be a great player. I think he might be a great yes. player right out of the gate. I agree with you. And Nelson and Skandrick, I can live with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're just good enough to avoid being completely exposed except against elite competition. Elite competition, we're going to have some problems, and they're going to need some help. Right, but again, I, I think where Nelson got exposed last year, and a lot of people are down on him, they're not sure he can do this, it's when he was in the slot against a guy like Cole Beasley that's way shiftier than he is. Playing out on the boundary, playing outside, I think he has a much better option in order to be physical, which he can do, and not have to deal with the two-way goes all day long. Yep, I would agree with that. And Kendall Fuller, on the other hand, I think can deal with the Cole Beasleys of the mm-hmm. world, those quicker, shiftier guys. I mean, he just, man, he looks sticky. I'm very excited. So we're more comfortable with the corner situation. We're no longer at red alert there. It, it It's okay. Could be better. Um, I do think, you know, for the rest of time, here's the obligatory. Yes, a, a corner group of uh, Fuller, Peters, and, and either Nelson or Skandrick, yes, would be a lot better. There's the obligatory mention. Um, still not sure the Chiefs felt like they had an option there. So finally, safety. Because we know about outside linebackers. We know the j- deal there. We know the inside linebackers for the most part. So safety position, uh, you like bringing back Parker. I've seen a lot of hand-wringing about it. I, I actually just wrote an article on that. He brings stuff to the defense. You can tell me agree or disagree. He brings better play to the defense than what we've seen on the back end so far this preseason. Yes. Okay. I don't trust Leon McQuay. Nope. I know he's kind of a fan favorite. I I could list, and this is actually in the article, because I'm not looking to run down Eric Murray or Leon McQuay. Mm-hmm. Um, but Eric Murray, I've never seen play well at deep safety. He does all right um, covering tight ends out of the slot, besides Cook with the Raiders. That I, I was going to say, I thought game three, I thought he played deep fairly well. Okay. There were a couple of missteps, but again, still still learning that position. I still think Ron Parker's an upgrade. Yes. Definitely. But if Murray's your third, I can live with that. Yeah, I, I can live with Murray as a third safety. I think he got asked to do way too much last year, a la Dan Sorensen. And I just think that that was not a fit for him. As a third safety, I can see him doing all right, not being a terrible a weakness. And and he also, I mean, he's got some good athleticism. He's he's willing to tackle. Whereas with McQuay, he whiffed more times this preseason. People are talking about Ron Parker's tackling. Yeah. I, I think McQuay had more missed tackles this preseason than Ron Parker had last year. Well, and here's the thing. Parker's got experience in the defense. Yep. He, he's an actual true free safety. He has the athleticism to be a free safety. And yep. he can do what he needs to do to help Eric Berry, who doesn't have to go play free safety now. Right. And that's, I think that's a good thing. And now Barry obviously has the goods to play free safety if he wants, but I think the defense has always been at its best with Eric Barry and Ron Parker next to each other. Now, Parker isn't quite as fast as he used to be. I was, I went over his film for, for the article and kind of looked at a bunch of his snaps, and I didn't chart like I normally do because I was in a hurry. But you can see he might just be a shade slower, and I think that affected his angles at times. Okay. But now he's had a year to adjust. Okay, he's not quite as fast as he used to be with long speed, but he's still quick, still has smooth hips for a safety, still has good feet for a safety, still able to transition You know to which side of the field he's going to. And what I just demonstrated is he can do some things that I've literally never seen McQuay or Murray do, like close in on uh, a throw to the boundary and contest mm-hmm. it. 
from the free safety yeah. spot. That just doesn't look like Murray's game at this point. I think he's got the physical talent to do it. Um, but you just see him make some some mental mistakes with mm-hmm. Murray that I'm just not He's still transitioning. He's, he's coming from the slot. He's not even a boundary corner in college. Yep. And now he's moving all the way to safety. It's a difficult transition. It is. And I think that's a big deal. And so we'll, you know, we'll see how he does. I've got more hope for him. You know, there was a lot of hand wringing over McQuay that I didn't get. I, I know we all liked what we saw from McQuay in really limited sample sizes, like last year and the year before, I think it was, um, mm-hmm. or maybe it was just last year anyway, but I, yeah, he, he, he's fast and he closes really well, but the man whiffed constantly on tackles he was out of position several times I mean he just didn't look playable to me and so we'll see with a year on the practice squad does him good I'm glad Parker's back if Barry is healthy if Barry is healthy and Parker is what he was last year and by what he was last year I mean in terms of capability and he plays like he normally plays next to Barry the safety position is no longer an emergency Right if, now, and I know I mean, it feels like a low standard that we're setting. I wish Brett Veach would have done more to address the secondary this offseason. That's going to bother. You know me. what? Let's take a second because we need to talk about that a little more in depth. We're going to come right back, folks, and finish up on the safeties and what this is going to look like. Okay, I like where you're going because I still today would take Trey Boston over Ron Parker. I would as well. For whatever reason, they didn't view him as a fit, and I'm not sure why. I think Boston basically is Ron Parker, who's with who's younger with more athleticism. Uh, yeah, he's Ron Parker from 2015. You know, still a, a liability against the run, but very mm-hmm. capable as a deep safety. I don't know why they didn't grab him. It was like a 1.5 million dollar contract with him. That's going to bother me. Um, it was a buyer's market for safeties. They they could have grabbed, you know, a honey badger for seven mil. I mean, there there were moves they could have made. Um, yeah. And they didn't. And now the the goal for me was to get the secondary out of emergency mode because I think the front seven is very improved. And if mm-hmm. they can just have a competent secondary, I think the defense could be a lot better than it was last year. However, well, and here's go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say, and here's the thing. You don't have to love Ron Parker. He'll make some mistakes too, but he's better than anything they had going right now. And like you said, it's not an emergency at this point. Here's the other thing, and people were all up in arms about this. Folks, Armani Watts had a great game four against twos and threes. He's not ready to be a starting safety in this league. How dare you attack my son, Armani Watts? How many sons you got? I have as many as I want, Ryan. <laughs> you got to understand, I'm trying to imitate, you know, you know, art reflects reality. And so, you know, I have five real kids. And so I already have, have Mitch Morse and Chris Jones. Those are my kids. Everyone knows that. Patty Mahomes is probably going to be included in there. And I, I no like Watts, Armani huh? Watts. I personally think, and I wrote that I think Armani Watts should see the field sooner rather than later. I, I wrote that for The Athletic. Now, that was before they brought back Parker. And I mm-hmm. thought it was a choice between Armani Watts and Leon McQuay. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, and I was 100% gonna, with you. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to see the mistakes, the same mistakes from both of them, because Armani Watts will miss tackles. But you know what? Armani Watts makes plays. And if you're going to yes. have someone who's going to have growing pains, you might as well have someone who will pick off some passes. And I'll tell you one thing Armani Watts will absolutely create turnovers, even if you started him this year. Now, and I'll tell you this I do expect him to start this year. Probably not till the back half of the season. I think he will overtake Ron Parker at some point. But you got to remember, he missed like 10 days of camp. He's behind. He did. 
he's got he's got stuff to check to 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 catch up on for sure. But I think he's a playmaker. And what I really like about him, and he seems to have worked on his tackling. I didn't notice any you know horribly missed tackles because you watch his college film. Yeah. Oh my lord. Missed, just keep your head up, so Armani. Just keep your head up. <laughs> yeah. Just just keep looking at the guy. You don't need to. You don't need to fly in there like a missile every time. But he's got an attitude. Mm-hmm. He brings an edge. I, I I made a gif in the or a video clip. In the article I wrote about him on one play where he was kept in as a box safety against the Packers. And I mean, he just, I mean, he fought and fought against that tackle. It was almost like throwing punches. And you know what? I like that. Yeah. I like that kind of attitude, like get the crap out of my face. And the, the, the defense, especially the secondary, needs more of that. I agree. They need more of that fight. And I, I could see him overtaking Parker. And that's the good thing is if he overtakes Parker, you he's overtaking a vet who isn't Leon McQuay. Because Leon McQuay looked unplayable to me. Eric Murray, I don't really like his fit deep. Maybe he could do it. I just don't trust him in zone coverage. I don't trust him to not just have these brain farts that leave him across the field. There's one There's one video clip in the article that I, that I wrote on Parker where you see against the Raiders last year where, I mean, a, a Raiders receiver just ran right through Murray's zone, and Murray just was like, yeah, Didn't see cool. him. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then Parker – had to catch up like because Parker had him and was going to pass him off. It was like, oh, crap, and kept up with him and prevented the touchdown. And so, you know, these, these, are, these are tough things. They all have bad plays because Parker had bad plays too, make no mistake. Yeah. But the fact, that, uh, the fact that now Armani Watts needs to overtake a guy who at least knows what he's doing a little more, I'm comfortable with. So I know we're way over. So my, my last question for you regarding the entire secondary, okay? Are we out of – emergency status in your opinion yes are we are we looking at the chiefs being uh, a top 10 secondary no but i don't think they're going to be a bottom 10 either right and if they can just manage that now they are one injury away from being back well and and here's the other caveat and that's what i want to ask you yep what if eric berry can't play oh god right because, I mean, yeah. yeah, everything they've said has been positive. Eric's going to be okay. All right, prove it to me because I'm not so sure. I hope he is, right. but uh, I'm not so sure. I mean, I am assuming they are going to – if Eric Berry isn't all right, then I'm guessing what you're going to see is Ron Parker, Eric Murray, and Armani Watts with maybe they'll mm-hmm. eventually try to work in Jordan Lucas. Mm-hmm. Um, that Now then – I mean, that's what happens. And, you know, people always say, well, you're, you're, you're one guy away. Well, when you lose, you're easily your best player and who the entire, you know, part of the defense is designed around. Yes, that's going to make you worse. You know, that's like, you know, if the Raiders were stupid enough to trade Khalil Mack, their defense would go, oh, wait. Hold on now. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, if you lose your best player – it's going to have an effect unless you replace him with someone of equal value. And there is no other Eric Berry unless they're going to somehow, you know, well, if Eric Berry gets injured, they'll just sign Harrison Smith. Okay, great. That would be amazing. Oh, my but, yes, if Eric Berry is is hurt, then, yes, the safety situation is back to emergency status. Yeah. I'm, But if he's healthy, I can live with the secondary for this year and with the hopes that they address it as aggressively as they addressed the front seven – this offseason. Agree. Wow. Once again, we agree on something. Shocking. Yeah. Yeah, I know. This is, <laughs> this is terrible. 
Well, folks, I think that's where we'll leave it for today. Uh, hope you had a good Labor Day, and we gave you, obviously, a, a bonus episode today because we just couldn't stop. So uh, <laughs> That's what happens when Chris isn't here to be like, you know, guys, yeah, that's, along, that's, that's enough agreement for one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see how the game goes against the Chargers. You know, I'm worried because the Chargers scare me. But to be fair, Bob Sutton has had Phil Rivers' number. Last yeah. few years. And so if we'll Barry see. can play, they're going to be all right, I think. And honestly, this is a chance to get out to an early lead in the division against the team that yes. everybody in the nation seems to think is going to you know, whoop them. So, yes. folks, thank you. We appreciate your time. We'll have more for you this week. Seth will be back another day. Uh, we have Matt, Derek coming on, uh, a number of lineup guys that will be guests. Uh, we have more for you next week as well. Check out all the links at Chiefs Digest, at Locked on Chiefs, at RGR Football, at The Athletic, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter, at Locked on Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.